Hey guys, welcome to episode 13 of the Ever Better Life podcast. We are on the season where we are discussing relationships and the wonderful topic we have for you today is on listening. Listening to your partner, hearing what they say, being sensitive, sensitizing yourself to subtle and overt efforts at communication from your partner to you. And if you're not listening to your partner, um, this is just such an easy way to start improving your relationship skills and get some really like low-hanging fruit, I guess you could say, of improving things, listening to them, hearing them, responding to them. Uh, we're going to talk through some different scenarios and situations where you can come and run into a lot of problems when you're not listening to your partner. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's this kind of a almost a platitude, you know what I mean? This is such a well-known thing, like you should listen to each other. Just listen, you know? One of the things that I don't like about listening or about the kind of admonition to listen to your partner is that the people who talk about it and the manner in which they talk about it, it oftentimes gives people, or at least it gave me the impression that it was a particularly emotional or intimate or connected kind of thing. Like, oh, yeah, I'm listening to you. Mm, oh, that's so interesting. I'm holding space for what you're saying. And, I'm, and, you know, maybe sometimes it is that way. And I think that's fine. Um, but it doesn't have to be. What I'm talking about is, like, opening up your ears and your eyeballs and looking at your partner and noticing things that they are communicating to you on purpose, unintentionally, uh, things that are being, things that you could just gather, information that you could just gather about the state that they're in or the manner in which they seem to be receiving or processing or reacting to something that you've said or done or not said or not done. Your partner is a supply, and I, like, I don't care if they are emotionally unavailable. I don't care if they're withdrawn. I don't care if they have problems sh sharing their feelings. Nobody has problems sharing their feelings. People have a hard time talking about their feelings sometimes. People don't like to do it. Nobody has a hard time communicating to you or expressing to you what's going on with them. They may not be doing it in the way that you think they should. They may not be doing it in the channel that you prefer to receive information in, and therefore you're not checking the other channels and seeing how much information they're providing you. But if you're paying attention, you can gather a lot of information about the state that your partner is in, regardless of whether they want you to gather that information or not, regardless of whether they're going out of their way to provide it to you, regardless of whether they're trying to hide it from you. And I think that it's a kind of like one of those big things is that, I mean, a lot of people could become their own coach, their own relationship therapist, if they would begin to notice all the information that their partner is supplying them. Now, if you notice your partner kind of being withdrawn or moody or, you know, something like that, and you're kind of a little, your radar goes up or red flag goes up, and you're kind of like, oh, okay, maybe they're in, maybe something's going on. Maybe I should try to gather some more information. And then you ask them what's wrong, and they say, nothing's wrong, just leave me alone. Well, you just gathered some more information. That's People tend to assume that's a failure, you know, because unless your partner gives you information by saying, well, I'm in a bad mood because of this, that, and the other thing, you know, that's what you're expecting. And so if you don't get that, you feel as though no communication has happened. Well, that's not true. Uh, you asked them and, and they gave you some information about what happens when you ask them that thing in that way at that time. And I think that just developing that ability to, to kind of take a step back, step out of the role of, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever it is, partner, and, and be able to kind of observe your situation as an individual, be able to observe their behavior as a sort of detached individual, 
so that you can, you know, sometimes it's necessary to step out of the relationship dynamic in order to kind of assess accurately what's going on and to figure out a better plan of action. I mean, it's an interesting thing when I am talking on the phone with people and it, it becomes clear to me pretty quickly that they've been talking past each other. And it becomes pretty clear to me that for whatever reason, one party or the other, or perhaps both, isn't able to just ask a frank question and receive a frank response. Um, there, If things are going off the rails, this is a relationship perhaps in which it's not permissible to just go, whoa, seems like things are going off the rails. I don't want that. I'm not saying it's your fault, but I am saying it seems like we're going off the rails. Do you feel that way too? If so, what would you like to do about it? You know, it's it's really learning how to step out of the role, step out of the pattern and go, seems like something's kind of going wrong here. And, you know, maybe your partner will react to that by going, yeah, I'll tell you what's going wrong. You're being a this, that, and the other thing. Now, if they say that, you say, okay, fine, maybe that's true. You, you don't have to jump back into the role and be a sparring partner with them if that's what happens. It, if you really kind of develop your individual autonomy, and I think in a way, People love to talk about boundaries, and I think this might be kind of an interesting and really meaningful example about what that could mean. That if you have enough distance between your kind of emotional center, the center of your experience, and your partner's behavior at a given moment in time, that gives you the luxury and affords you the opportunity to to have this option to not punch back, right? Hopefully not literally, you know, but like to not retaliate if they're in a bad mood or if they're not responding to you the way that you want to, to not like kind of beat down the door of their consciousness to demand some kind of an answer. If, if you know something's going on and you don't know what it is and you don't know what else to do and you just feel like you have to steamroll over them and get the information that you need or change their mood or their behavior or whatever, if you have another option where you can just step back and just notice what's not working and then try to have a real candid, frank conversation with the other person about that and, and then observe how they respond to that, all of a sudden you develop a lot of freedom and a lot of laterality and a lot of flexibility in terms of how you can behave in situations that in the past may have constrained your behavior and left you with only one option, which was to do what didn't really serve you. Yeah, that emo emotional center and... And, you know, going to work on a problem, listening to your partner, hearing what they have to say, hearing, you know, whatever's on their mind, not allowing it to, like, allow you to fall apart or make you fall apart and say, okay, given this, <laughs> given this reality of how you feel about something that's going on, you know, let's go to work on it. But that listening component, and let me tell you guys, I've struggled with this. I... I have this, like, it's it's actually, I don't know, it may be because I'm, I'm visual, less auditory, I don't know what the um, the reason is, but even when I listen to music, I don't even always, like, Steve hears all of the lyrics. It's like, I don't even know how you understood all the lyrics. You know, he, like, knows all the actual words that are being sung. <laughs> he knows, like, what the song is about, and maybe I'm weird, but a lot of times I don't know what the song is actually. I know like the high points, but I don't know all the words to it. I'm kind of getting the whole gist of it rather than the specific words that are being said. And so sometimes in conversation, I I do that too. I kind of tune out. I get like highlights, <laughs> like clips, and I don't hear the whole thing. And um, and especially in the world of distraction that we live in with phones and, you know, I'm, I'm half listening to you, I'm half on my phone. Am I actually hearing what you're saying? Sometimes you'll do like a check-in and like, did you hear that? 
what what did I say? Right. <laughs> it's like, uh, you said, duh, you know, and there's like a couple of words right. that I caught, but it's like, are you listening to the communication? Because the words aren't the communication. The words are just the words, but there's like an, you know, something that's being communicated and you're either getting it or you're not getting it. Yeah. And if you're not getting it and your partner's not feeling heard and they're not feeling listened to and they're like, I'm giving you all the information that you need. Like that that's a, you know, in coaching, Typically, the person that you're working with, they tell you what they need. They tell you what they need to hear. They tell you the help that they need. Um, you know, and if you are a good listener, you could be a really great coach because you listen to the person and you give them what they need based on their own assessment of what they believe that they need, which is the most important thing you could ever have access to with mm-hmm. that person. So if you're not doing that in your relationship and with your partner, you know, start paying attention. You know, you may need to start by listening to your own thoughts in your own head and doing awareness work and figuring out what am I even thinking? Where is all of this coming from? Because, you know, two unaware people, you could listen to each other all day long, but you're not going to get very far if you don't understand what is driving your own inner experience, your thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and where they're coming from. So that's kind of like a step back. <laughs> but let's assume you are somewhat conscious and aware of yourself. Uh, if you're not listening to your partner, again, you're missing huge chunks of information that are very relevant for you guys moving forward harmoniously into the future together. Yeah, and I think one thing that's interesting, well, so like, you know, when I ask you, like, oh, you're listening to what I'm saying, or do you know what I said? When I'm asking that question, I, I never ask that question because I'm trying to catch you red-handed. Like I call, I caught you bullshitting me. You mm. said you knew, and now you don't. Um, I'm, it, it feels I'm, that way, but I know you're not doing that. Well, sometimes I'm interested because what I want to know is, God, I really have the sense that you're not hearing the things that I'm saying, but you're telling me that you are, and I want to test that feeling that I have because may, maybe I ask you, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly where I'm going, and I was like, oh, I'll be damned. She's really, she's really tuned into what I'm talking about, but it looks like I'm not. That's interesting information for me because mm-hmm. what that tells me is that I don't need to be concerned that you're not hearing me just because maybe it looks to me like you're not. Now, if you're not hearing me, now the very interesting thing is when you're surprised to discover that in fact you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Right? And, it, and it's not like you go, oh shit, he caught me. Okay, I actually, I don't know. It's not that. It's just, oh God, you know what? I, I, I had a I had this veneer sensation that I knew what you were saying, but when I'm now pressed to actually account for it, I don't have the first idea what you were really talking about. Um, and it's I like think, how you can read a whole page of text, and then you're just like, I, yeah. re- I did read that, but I didn't comprehend not any of it. So I'm kind of a boring textbook, and Melissa is a, <laughs> a weary student at 11 o'clock the night before the exam, and she's doing her best, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, but, but, but so, yeah, th- if I'm being honest. That's an interesting thing for me to know, though, right? So like, if you're paying attention or not, you know, and you can then do with that what you, what you will. you know. Um, but now what's interesting, though, is moving forward then, I... It's much easier for me to then not be annoyed if you don't act on something that you agreed to. If I knew, if I know that, if like, like if you were drunk and I was giving you a whole bunch of instructions, right? You don't really get drunk very often. But if you were totally intoxicated and I said it's mission critical that we get some AA batteries tomorrow at the store, um, it doesn't make any sense then for me to be upset about that later, right? But if, if there's this interesting thing, and I think sometimes couples do this, the people in the relationship do this to each other. You set the other person up for failure. You tell them something really important, say that's really important to you, you remind them of something or whatever, and you can tell they're not listening. 
but you 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 act as though you didn't know because you say, well, that's not my job. They should have been listening. They told he's an adult. She's an adult. They said they were listening. They said, uh-huh, they remembered it and all this different stuff. So I'm not going to try to help them remember now or make sure they hear me. I'm just going to really let them have it tomorrow when they show up to the event and they don't have the thing they said they were going to bring. That's interesting. You know, that's if that inclination is there, you might want to take a look at that. That's just kind of an example of one of those games that does come up sometimes. Um, I think that if listening is hard for you, like if the idea of listening to your partner and what they're talking about is seems like an arduous or an onerous or an impossible task, I don't think you're doing it right. You know, and I think that one of the reasons that people have a hard time listening is because in their mind they have this idea that they know exactly what their partner is going to say and do. And, you know, that's one of those things that makes you feel really smart while making you actually be quite stupid. This feeling, this sensation, this conviction that I know everything causes me to be very uninterested in things as they happen. Because I already know. I know where this is going. I know what he's going to say. I know what she's going to do and all that. And I create this, this sensation of being so smart that I don't gather information that actually enriches and expands and deepens my understanding of the reality in which I'm living and the people with whom I'm interacting. And that's like, I mean, one of the things for me is, is I mean, I sometimes sometimes you feel like I'm kind of grilling you or like we're like I'm like cross-examining you or something like that. Um, and the, really, the, the the thing is, I'm I'm collecting information right that I've gathered from you, some of which maybe you don't even realize you've provided me, um, and I'm trying to square it away. And it's because I don't think I know what you're doing. Mm. I don't think I know what you're up to or what your state is or what your experience is or anything like that. I have no assumptions about what's going on. And as a result of that, I'm kind of really, you know, interested. Now, sometimes I, you know, anything you can take that too far. And if what, you know, if I have a good intention and if I'm not doing anything objectively inappropriate in our interactions, but you're not responding to what I'm doing, it's time for me to change my behavior. Not because my behavior is wrong, but because my behavior is not working. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's that's important too, because I, in in my effort to kind of reconcile the things that you just said. I also, you're providing me information right now while I'm trying to get you to help me reconcile those things. And if what the information you're providing me now is, listen, buddy, you're not going to get that from me now or not asking me the question that way, it's really useful for me to be able to notice that and to respond to that. You know, and I think that a lot of the times the, the we, we, what is it, like we screen out some really important stuff that our partner is, is telling us, like you pick up on things subtly from your significant other sometimes, but you you sometimes feel that if they don't communicate it to you overtly, that it's not officially on the record, and so you don't have to pay attention to it, right? That's one. And on the other hand, there there there's this kind of tendency where certain things are supposed to be communicated surreptitiously, and they're not allowed to be communicated overtly. I'm just responding to everything, and I'm interested in just kind of what's going on, you know. And, and I think that you're ability to take an interest in your partner and, and to maybe begin to revisit or reconsider that conviction that you have that you know everything about them might make it a lot easier to pay attention to what's going on. And I mean, one of the things for me is that I'll sometimes notice that you are under the influence of some pattern or mood or something that you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. And it's because I've, I've watched you for long enough I know the difference uh, between, or I have a sense of the difference, and I can then ask you whether it's accurate or not, um, between, say, you just being in a crabby mood, which is something that happens, just happens. You know, people get in crappy moods sometimes, and sometimes the best thing to do is just leave them alone or ask if you can do something for them. Um, and you kind of cooking up 
some kind of of uh, kind of kindling the fire of a, of a of disharmony between us. Like you're working yourself up into a state where you're going to have a problem with something about me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Those are different. They've got different vibes and different flavors, and you communicate to me differently in those. And it's because I've paid attention to them that I can kind of begin to tell the difference between the two. And and that's a really useful thing. Now that's not that's never information that you've come right out and said to me. Okay, Steve, what I'm going to do now is work on getting really angry at you about nothing in particular. You know, but if I'm interested in you, which I am, and I'm interested in, in really everything about you, um, I'm interested in the things that you want to sit down and talk about. I'm I'm also interested in the things that you're communicating to me, other than consciously. As a result of that, I I have an option to consider those things in response in, in my responses to you. I have the option to consider responding to those specific things. And if I weren't paying attention to that stuff, I wouldn't have those options. And I don't think it's that you always have to be watching for every kind of unconscious thing that might be flitting through the mind of your partner so that you can squash it before it comes becomes a problem. I do think, though, that you want to gather as much information as you can and just kind of open your senses and be relaxed and allow it to pour in so that when you ask them what's wrong or you simply maybe ask them if they want to go for a walk or if there's something that you can do for them, that you have as much of the information that they have intentionally and unintentionally supplied to you in mind when you do it so that you can kind of calibrate your communication to them in a way that's most likely to be successful and so that you can be prepared for their reaction so that if it's an adverse or a negative reaction or a not kind one, it's not particularly shocking to you. Because if, if I have a feeling that you're kind of in a bad state and I ask you something or try to be helpful to you and you snap at me or are just unreceptive or whatever, it doesn't hurt in the same way and it doesn't that, that hurt feeling that I could create inside myself very often is what I do to kind of propel me to then snap at you so that we can have a real row instead of just having someone be kind of in a bad mood. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that as you really begin to kind of expand the map that you have of your partner and what they're doing and begin to respond to everything that they're communicating to you, um, you, you, it's like you pool your awarenesses so that like Melissa can draw on my awareness and I can draw on her awareness rather than my aware you know sometimes like you're playing I don't know some of these interesting games I'm trying I can't think of an example but like board games and things where maybe you're playing a team together and you can trade resources with each other but only under certain circumstances like Settlers of Catan we used to play a lot and you know you could you know if if I needed to barter with you to get something um, I, we can do that, but there's rules that govern that bar- bartering, you know. And I feel like sometimes in a relationship, one of the major obstacles is the fact that, you know, it's kind of like with hunger in the world. It's like, you know, there's not a lack of food, but there's a, like a logistical problem, like the people who are hungry are far away from the food that's in an abundant supply. And sometimes I think the it's not that within a relationship there aren't sufficient resources to solve those problems and to build really great interactions and things. It's that sometimes I have access to resources uh, that 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 you would have to have access to in order to be able to solve a problem because the problem happens to be in you. And in other occasions, you have clarity on something that if I had clarity on that thing, I could then resolve my problem. And to the extent that you really open up these channels of communication, one of the things that tends to happen is, you, one, you get a communication-friendly environment, which is really cool. Um, and the other thing that happens is that it's not exactly this way, but it's kind of like this, that you can kind of draw on my awareness or you can at least look at my awareness, or I can, I can communicate to you something I'm seeing because of a, an awareness that I have. And then you can then not just believe that or take my word for it or say, well, Steve says it's there because I guess it is, so I guess it is. But you can then search your kind of inner experience 
with my thing in mind. So you go into your own personal experience with kind of a picture of what I've described to you and you look and see if there's anything like that there. Maybe there is and maybe there's not. But if there is, you can go, oh boy, there it is and I see it and I wouldn't have seen it had I not had him describe him, you know, his seeing it first. Then there can be this kind of synergy that happens and that's a really powerful thing too. That kind of curious, interested, being interested in your partner, um, I feel like, I don't remember when this really took place, but you know, the realization of your kind of ongoing interest in me as a person, like genuinely curious, interested in me, not, not assuming that you knew everything about me. Um, I, I very much um, had more the mentality of just the role. You know what I mean? Like the role, you're my partner, you know, pretty much know how you think and feel about things. Very, very unconscious. Very like, I don't want to think anymore about <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> give, give, give me, is it? Do I blame you? Though, right? Yes, no. Like, uh, it, it kind of like harried woman. Like very, I'm busy. I got things to do. What do you want? Can I, can I get you? You know what I mean? Like, what do I need? Very solution oriented, kind of brutish, not nuanced. <laughs> Brutish or brutish? Brutish? Brute with a T. Like, Brute with a T? I mean, I... <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. I just wonder which one you meant. <laughs> I mean, I guess very um, just unconscious, very not thinking. Like, And this is something... Well, we're going to get into some interesting stuff, guys. We've got some stuff cooking up for you that you're going to like. It's really interesting. But one of the kind of weird things I was programmed with growing up is just this injunction to not think. Like to not think any more than you have to. And so being forced to think and to listen to a person and to be genuinely curious, like it was it was difficult to do at first because there's so many barriers in my mind. And I know I'm not alone in this. Like what do they say that the attention span of the average person today is like less than a goldfish. Like six to eight seconds. It's very hard for us to focus on anything at a given time. And so if a person's trying to communicate something to you with the purpose of not you saying, yes, no, yes, I'll do this. Okay, no, I'll stop. But like actually understanding, actually understanding. And that's what this creating a shared reality, it takes more mental work than just like plug and chug, pressing buttons, you know, um, giving her presence. I don't know. It's it's not as, it's so much more nuanced. It's so much more like a thinking mold, constantly evolving individual with new and different thoughts and new and different feelings. It's, I think it's different than how most people go through mm. life with their partners. You know, it's, it's very um, integrated. It's very interesting. It's mm. very... Uh, ever changing and if you aren't sensitive to that and if your partner maybe is a little more or they're a little more verbal you know like Steve does like when he explains something to me he wants me to understand he wants me to understand and if I'm not on board with trying to understand I'm just going to placate and yeah 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 and oh yeah I got that you know and and like but if I'm not really in interested if I'm not really working to to create that shared reality it's just not going to happen you're you're going to sense it it's going to become like weird and mm. uh and, and easily it'll easily fall apart I think if you 
aren't going to really invest what's needed for the relationship to thrive. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and then and, and behavior will then bear witness to that non-understanding very quickly. It's like, you know, if you explain to me, <laughs> if, if you explain to me something about how you want me to change my behavior and I go, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then, you know, within 48 hours, I'm going to demonstrate to you behaviorally that I did not grasp it at the level, right? Um, that I was claiming that I did. And I mean, I, one of the things for me is that, like, what, what if you're just not interested in your partner, like we we're describing? Like, you are that harried person, you know? And I mean, I think the thing is, it's, it's probably not that your partner is boring, and it's probably not that you are a bad person who doesn't care about their partner. It's probably that there are, are certain things that you do habitually, unconsciously, and automatically that cause you to experience the really relevant aspects of life as an imposition or an impediment to life. You know, like, I mean, I, I watched this, like, with my mom. Like, for my mom, the, the things that were involved in keeping a tidy household, she experienced those things as just an untenable um, intrusion into her very hectic kind of mental life. Do you know what I'm saying? She was thinking about how busy she was and as a result of that, the mere act of carrying a piece of paper from the table to the wastebasket, I, I, I know that she experienced it as like walking across the desert. You know what I'm saying? She doesn't have time for that. Like there's, she's so behind. She's so busy. And so, you know, and I know that because I began to feel that way myself. And I really believe that we pick up on these patterns and all this different stuff. And it's kind of like, if why am I with you if I don't find you interesting? You know, if if I just interact with you in a way that's, I mean, if, if, you know, his life tilted too far in the direction of necessity, you know, are we just trying to get from one point to another? I mean, we're just, I mean, there's a sense in which unless you get a tourniquet on that line of reasoning, you're hurrying to the grave. Let's just hurry up and let's get this and let's do this and have these kids and raise them up so that we can then hurry up and retire and so that we can hurry up and die. And it just seems like a <laughs> hell of a long way around to nothing. I mean, unless you're going to stop and really just kind of pay attention to things. And so I would notice what gets in the way of you being able to be curious and able to be kind of interested. Because this, the, the, those things that are blocking you from this curiosity and from this interest in your partner very often are things that are preventing you from getting the kind of results that you want. I mean, I mean, regardless of whether you have relationship problems and strife and struggles or not, but particularly if you do, I can guarantee you that you you probably are not acting on information that your partner has supplied to you, intentionally or not, that if you did begin to act on it, and I, I don't mean just act on it in a, in a kind of reciprocal way, so that she says that she wants you to do this, then you go and do that. Right, and then she's not happy with it, and you go, women, you just can't, blah 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 blah. I would say, well, you know, you idiot. What you should do is notice what, how you went about doing that thing, and then try to surmise what about the manner in which you did it was unsatisfactory to your partner. And this is how I talk to myself um, because I, this is the things that I heard from my dad growing up was that you know the per, the partner would literally spell out what she wanted you to do then you would do it and you would meet the letter but perhaps miss the spirit or something like that she would be dissatisfied and the conclusion was just it's just impossible to please women and the thing to me as well that seems like a hasty conclusion what it seems to me is that you can't just do exactly what has been told to you you know what I'm saying that may not be enough. You may need to observe certain other things. You know what I mean? It's like if I have a good idea and I share it with you and you're, you respond belligerently to that, I can say to myself, 
Melissa just doesn't like good ideas. And what kind of a chance of a good relationship do we have? She just doesn't like good ideas. Well, how did I relay that information to her? What state was she in when I related to her? What time of day was it, right? How long had it been since we had had a fight? Did I say something nice to her sometime that day before doing that? Um, have I conditioned her like Pavlov's dog to get a bad feeling in her stomach every time I start talking about ways we can make her relationship better? Do you know what I'm saying? Have I conditioned her so that she's like, oh, Jesus, here we go, you know, or every time something like that comes up. And if that's true, well, then maybe it's not that you just are averse to hearing bad ideas, you know. Maybe there's something that I'm kind of pairing with it, or maybe there's something about the way that I'm presenting it that's making it unattractive. And if I can figure out what that is, if I could just, I mean, it's just plugging in and being intelligent and being smart and being determined to create outcomes that you want and, and realizing Abstaining from self-pity, abstaining from like, oh, there's just I just can't do anything to make this work, and oh, they're just I try my best and it's just never good enough. I heard so much bullshit growing up from either from different family members about boo hoo hoo and this and that, and it's so bad and it's so sad and they're so impossible and all this different stuff. And I can tell you something: not one of those people was working with even one tenth of the information that their partner was supplying them. Because I was there when the conversations happened. I can sit down with somebody with a couple, and within ten minutes, I can go da 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 da. There's uh, you guys just you guys just were holding hands and you were skipping through a minefield just now, and none of them blew up, but there's still the car ride home. And it's like no wonder. You can't go a week without having a fight with these, with all of these things in place. That's not like a you problem. Anybody would have a problem not having a fight with those factors there. With you saying that the way that you did and with you not hearing that thing that your partner clearly put out there to you about what they wanted to be different or what they're missing in the relationship or what they just want more than anything. You're just missing all of this information. And then you're acting as though it was never out there because it wasn't explicitly communicated to you. And that's one of those things that's like, God, I'm, I'm feeling this really deeply right now. I'm feeling like kind of overwhelmed and, and exhausted and, and also really wanting to get this across to one person because I know what it can do for you. Because I'm working with so many people right now who are creating so, much pro so many problems in their relationships because they've got some kind of criteria in their brain that only lets them respond to the stuff that they officially know about. They don't, they're, and they know just what to leave out to make all of their efforts null and void. And to get to that place where they get to go, why does this always happen to me? Or, oh, I did my best, but, but I didn't do this, and, and that's what she really wanted, and now here I am. And it's just like, come on, this, this, was, this, was not, this was not inevitable, right? If you allow yourself to start tapping, I mean, a lot of it, too, is intuition. It's, it's tapping into that intuitive, there's something else going on here, and allowing yourself to respond to information. I mean, read between the lines kind of thing. Like, and, 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 and then, and, here's, and this is really important because sometimes people here read between the lines or respond to that stuff. They do it literally, and they go to their partner, and they say, you're telling me something other than what you're telling me. And the partner says, no, what are you talking about? Well, one, they may not even know they're telling you that. And two, that's kind of an abrogation of conventional interpersonal dialogue. Like a lot of couples, that's not normal. Like like if you've spent months or years or if the whole time you've ever been together, you've only ever addressed what was explicitly stated and then you all of a sudden start addressing everything that's implicit in these, in these communications and you expect your partner to immediately go, oh, thanks for finally noticing that. Now we can talk about that too. Chances are that's not how they're going to respond. Like for me, it's like if you're, if you're communicating stuff to me, Duplicitously, and, like our last episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that would be one example of it. You know, but like if you're if you're communicating 
a whole bunch of stuff to me. And, you know, 10% of it is explicit, right? It's actually the things you're saying to me, but then there's looks and there's tone and there's things you're not saying. And there's the kind of the way that you're shifting the subject or changing the subject or, or whatever it is that you're doing, or if you seem to be getting defensive or whatever, all of that is not being done to me. It's, it's being communicated to me. And that's one of those things too. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and say, oh, they're doing this and that to me in these conversations. No, no, no. They're communicating things to you that are letting you know about their internal state. Maybe if they're being manipulative, what that means is that they're not feeling safe. You know what I'm saying? If they're getting defensive, maybe they're not getting defensive. Maybe they're kind of defending themselves. These are very different kind of things. Now, what happens if you accuse somebody of getting defensive, right? Technically, are you right? Well, sure, yeah, they're guilty of doing that. But if you tell me I'm getting defensive in an accusatory way, I'm going to get defensive about that too and deny the fact that I'm doing it. But if I can learn to respond to like things at the social level, you say to me you want to go out to the movies, right? That, that's like a, a social kind of communication. At the psychological level, you might be saying to me, we haven't spent any good quality time together, and I'd really like to do that. Or maybe you're saying to me, you haven't taken me out in a while, and that means that it makes me think you don't care about me anymore, or whatever. There, there's these other communications that are there. I, what I want to do is I want to be able to respond to all of those things in the channels and in the ways that you're going to be able to receive them. You know what I'm saying? And I think the key thing, and this is a skill that you develop, but what you don't want to do is you don't want to start paying attention to the full kind of range of your partner's communication and then try to cram all of it into a direct social level response. So if you're communicating to me through like, you know, five different channels, you know what I'm saying? There's the conscious, there's the unconscious, you're the verbal, there's the nonverbal, there's the social level, there's the psychological level, all of that different stuff. And now I'm starting to gather all that information. And then I try to respond to all of it at the social level. Well, it seems like psychologically what you're asking me is this, and it seems like maybe you're feeling da-da-da-da-da-da. Probably they're not going to be able to respond to that very well. But if you can begin to respond to them in that direct way, that takes into account information that you're becoming increasingly conscious of, conscious of at those other levels, then your responses can become a little bit more elegant and a little bit more appropriate and kind of start getting you more of the reactions that you want. Hopefully this is making sense. This is kind of a subtle topic. I don't know, did you think, are you, are you resonating with this? Well, I mean, I guess just that, that last uh, bit that you described, I, I can see someone being like, whoa, brain explosion, that's a lot to yeah. kind of juggle. And, and it is. I mean, there are a lot of ways that you could be understanding your partner. For myself, the more simplistic thinker, <laughs> um, I think it, it's at first understanding yourself, understanding what's driving your own communications, how you're thinking and feeling and perceiving what you're getting from your partner, um, and then just being very curious in them as an evolving human being with new and different thoughts and new and different ideas and, you know, doing your best to pick up on things that they may not be aware of. You know, you might be the more aware of the two of you and by you tuning in and you listening and you responding as best you can, given the resources that you have, um, in this kind of good faith, um, this just good faith attitude and this everything is figureoutable, um, I'm not broken, there's nothing wrong with me, uh, I just need more skills and that's what I'm doing. That's why I'm listening to podcasts and taking courses and getting coaching. I'm, I'm doing things to expand my ability to communicate effectively with my partner and I, I trust that that will be more than enough to 
uh, either help this relationship thrive or help you see things that make it uh, clear that this it's time to move on and the skills that you're developing will serve you in all your relationships romantic or otherwise and I think it's just yeah it's that first self-awareness self-knowledge understanding your own stuff and the your ways of communicating and then really being interested really listening really being curious like when you're dating and that that was the thing that I think I realized I was like oh my goodness like if if I was gonna like if we were in kind of a situation where we were separated or and I was like oh my god I'd be so interested I'd be hanging on your every word you know what I mean like when you're in that kind of rocky place with someone or you're kind of um taking some time apart and then you you see that person you're like oh you're so hungry to hear everything that they have to say or like when you're dating them for the first time I think we do get habituated to the people that we're around and it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve's talking about exercise. Steve's talking about exercise. Steve's talking about exercise. He's telling me about this other exercise. You know what I mean? And you can kind of zone out um, in in ways that, you know, can make that person feel like they're not heard or appreciated and, um, and like you're not responding to the real them. And that's no fun. And so that genuine curiosity, like I am curious and interested in the exercise stuff that Steve talks about. Like I love... You know, he's he's always buying. He's got toast. They're actually on his feet. He bought these toast spreaders, and he's doing all of his exercise with these toast spreaders. You know, he's always into stuff like that. And you know, I think that I miss out hugely if I slip into that. I'm busy. I can't. You know, like you, you're just talking about exercise again, and I've got things to do. You know, instead of being like a playful child listening to her playmate mm. friend yeah. who's got interesting things to talk about. And I think that that slowing down, having more fun, being more playful, being more childlike, being just more interested in your life right here and right now. And that's the thing is I feel like we're always so distracted about, you know, all the stuff we didn't get done and being so rushed and being so busy and all the money we have to make and the bills we have to do. And I think that we just get into this like weird grown up adult zombie mode where it's impossible to hear anybody because you're just like, it's filtered through all of these layers of, you know, self-castigation and all the stuff you should be doing and all the things you haven't gotten to and where you're at in your life. And it's like, that's the shit that needs to be worked on is <laughs> like you, your inner dialogue, what's going on with you? Because if you're not hearing your partner, all that stuff's getting in the way. The way that you think sh- things should be, they should be, that's got to, you got to clear out that noise and that's inner work. Yeah. One of the things for me too is that like kind of on the other side of being interested in like what your partner's doing is that like. I think it's okay to be like, listen, this subject, I know you're into this, but this is so boring to me. I am not interested in this at all. I'm going to have a hard time staying as engaged with this as I would like to. And, it, and it's not because I don't care about you or what you're into. It's that we just have very different interests here. And like, I know, like for me, if you communicated that to me, like about exercise and things like that, which you kind of have in the past when it comes to like, you know, the specific numbers of the weights. <laughs> Sometimes the I do say, and the, and, I, I can't take it in right now. <laughs> now and, that, and that to me, though, is like a legitimate communication. That's information that I am interested in. Because, you know, when you become enthusiastic about something, I, I, maybe this is a thing, problem that I have sometimes, or it's a tendency that I have, I've got the ability to kind of not do a good job of reading whether someone else is interested in it. It's like when I go to parties and stuff like that, which is not terribly frequently, but when I do, <laughs> when Melissa tricks me into committing to going to a party or something like that, and I, and you know, you and small talk escalates to like medium talk, you know. I very often will ask the people, "Is this interesting to you?" Because I, because to be honest with you, 
I, and maybe that's a weird thing to say uh, because people feel like they have to say yes. But I, 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 I don't know if what I'm talking about is likely to be interesting to the average person. And yet, I don't want to just talk about nothing, but I also want to give a person an out. You know, and I also want to give my partner an out because I, I don't need everything I do to be interesting to you. Do you know what I mean? What I don't want is for you to pretend like you're interested if you're actually not. If you just say to me, I, you know, I, I don't really care. I, I, I'm happy for you. I'm glad you're happy and everything like that. But the specifics of the details, your enthusiasm is wasted on me in this area. Do you know what I mean? That it, I, I'm more than ready to respond to that and be like, huh, that's interesting. Because I don't want to be just kind of you know bloviating about this stuff if, if it's not of any significance at all to you and if it's just kind of in one ear and out the other or not even in one ear maybe, you know? <laughs> um, and so I think that's like a legitimate thing too. And, and, and you know, being... I guess not being hurt by that, not being offended by that, and creating that kind of like you want that kind of real relationship dynamic where it's like you know you don't do, is 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 the highest expression of love to you that someone else is going to sit and listen to something that they don't, that they hate because of because of the fact you happen to be into it that for me isn't a high expression of love for me a high expression of love is is, is learning to communicate with somebody else so well that that person can go listen you're great but this is not my thing I'm glad you're doing it like I appreciate your commitment I think it's great I like the fact that you're in good physical shape but the ladders and the rungs and the reps and the sets and the medium day and the kettlebells and the this and the that I don't need all those details that I think is a very kind of wonderful thing in a relationship I I think you know when I was growing up love was kind of expressed in a very kind of saccharine off the shelf generalized way Oh, that's very interesting. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, uh, and yeah, I always knew it kind of bullshit. Like I, I, I knew that they cared about me, but I knew that they weren't really listening to what I was saying. And what I kind of like instead is a kind of more nuanced version of of, of love and of intimacy, where I'm able to express to my partner, listen, you know, you're great and everything like that, but this particular thing at this level of detail. I don't enjoy these conversations. You know what I mean? And like, I love that you're able to say that to me. Mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I love that better than, and that is not to say that I'm not going to start telling you about my exercises because I am. <laughs> but, you know, if you tell me, listen, please be quiet, you know, that that, I, that to me is more important than, than people being willing to sit around and listen to each other or pretend to listen to each other, kind of denying themselves or kind of being inauthentic or whatever because they think that's what love is or what a relationship's about. I think it's about figuring out how to kind of like relay your experience to other people. You know, there's that. And then there's also like um, being willing to do things that maybe you don't necessarily love to do, but your partner loves to do those things and you don't hate it. So you do it so that you can be together. That's kind of a different sort of thing. Um, but I, I do think that learning to communicate is really important because it allow. I think that it's such an important kind of uh, facilitator of authenticity. And I mean like real authenticity, like where you are aware of what it's like to be you and you're aware of kind of what's going into what it's like to be you and what's making it good, what's making it bad. And then you are confident in your partner's ability to hear you describe your current state and what it's like to be you and what you're into and what you're not and what you like about what they're saying or find interesting about what they're saying, what you don't. And you, you're confident in your ability to articulate it and their ability to hear it and be okay with it. That allows you to be a real person around another real person. And I don't know that there's any way that you can kind of patience your way to the kind of intimacy that you can create as a result of building a relationship environment that allows you to be yourself, both 
in the big picture, like who you really are at your kind of deep core personality, but also to be the you that you are at a given moment in time, to be the person who doesn't want to hear it, you know, <laughs> not right now. Um, and can you effectively communicate that to your partner? Can they receive it and be okay with it? I think that that's a really kind of nice thing. Um, and it's kind of an intangible thing, but it's real and it's, it's always useful. And so I think we, we touched on a lot. We opened up a lot of loops in this, in this podcast today about communication. Um, and there's a lot more to it, but I think at that basic level, you know, right, that there are things, there's information that's, that, that's in the room with you and your partner. Um, and some of it, you know, exactly, some of it's explicit, articulated, they say it to you, you hear it, you're listening, you know about it. And a lot of it sounds like static or noise, or a lot of it's in another language, or a lot of it you know there's something there, but you don't know what it is, and you're afraid of what it might be, and so you just kind of ignore it because it doesn't have, you know, it's like, you know, things come in the mail. I remember this kind of funny thing from uh, The Simpsons where Homer Simpson gets these, he gets, gets the bills in the mail, and he's like, oh, first notice, and he throws it in the sewer. Second notice, he goes, oh, third notice, and he takes it inside to pay it. It's just his criteria for responding to things is the final notice. That's when he pays his bills. <laughs> and, you know, I think sometimes in communication things work that way, right, where it's like, oh, I know she's expressing to me she's not happy, but she didn't send it certified mail, so I have this plausible deniability, and I don't know what to do about it to fix the situation, and I'm overwhelmed at even contemplating it, and I'm deeply afraid of rejection or bad outcomes and things like that, and so if I can delay that for another day, I think I will, so I'm just not going to respond to that. What I want you to do is to begin to be confident in your ability to receive and interpret and usefully respond to all of the communication that's in the room so that you can begin to kind of play with the full deck. It's very useful Um, because it's there and you know it's there, right? And if you're kind of responding to the things that your partner is saying to you explicitly and you're doing what they're asking you to do or you're fulfilling the needs they're articulating to you overtly and they still ain't happy and you're still not getting the results that you want, guess what? There's some important information outside of that explicit channel of communication and would it be useful for you to have the option of detecting that interpreting it, and then responding to it. And I think that's like, if that resonates with you, if you've ever been in the room and known that there's some, you know, there, there's something important in this room, but I don't know what it is or what to do with it, you know, um, then starting to kind of open up those channels and starting to just take that information in and play with it and be comfortable with that uncertainty of like, I know there's something here. I know there was a look. I know there was a this, and it could mean this or that. I know, but that's interesting. Let me just acknowledge that that existed and that that happened um, and that it probably means something. And let me look for patterns and let me modify my behavior in ways that kind of reflects my assessment of what I think those patterns might be and then see the results that I get. It's just not being afraid of trying new things, basically. Um, seeing the results that you get and then modifying your behavior from there. Yeah, so we'll get into some interesting ways of opening up that intuitive capacity because that's a lot of this work is becoming intuitive, understanding yourself, understanding those subtle patterns in you and your partner. So that will be another conversation for another time. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. We loved talking to you. Let us know if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover. Send an email to support at everbetterlife.com. We'll see you again next time. See ya.